Today on ABC Devo, Satisfaction! Hey everybody, welcome back to ABC Devo. It's the only podcast that we know of that goes through all of Devo's recordings. We review them each in alphabetical order from the fourth dimension to a wiggly world. I'm Pete the Retailer. Hi, I'm Tom Taylor. Hey there, I'm John Ingle. According to a Wu-Tang name generator, I'm the Destroyer. <laughs> and um, You think you know a person. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is uh, open parentheses, I can't get no close parentheses satisfaction. Um, what album's that on? It's on uh, Q colon, are we not men, question mark, A colon, we are Devo, exclamation point. Huh. Well, that tells us all we need to know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's filed here under S, of course, because satisfaction. I didn't want to put it under I or, or at the beginning of the alphabet under parentheses. Or P for parentheses. Right. Um, oh, that would be really weird. I don't know what dictionary you have. <laughs> I don't. That's the problem. I don't uh, have a dictionary. Uh, if only. I would do it. Um, so... Uh, yeah, this uh, this is another one of those uh, kind of top tier as far as knowledge and and uh, popularity goes. This is like a you know outside of you know casual listener might know this one. Mm-hmm. You know, this is up there with Whippet, Chaco Homo, um, although they wouldn't know what Chaco Homo is called. Um, <laughs> and uh, you know, p- potentially, like you know, now, like what is it? Patterns, uncontrollable, race urge. of doom. Yeah, you know, all, 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 all the all the well-known songs. Um, and yeah, this is one of their earliest uh, jams, um, which literally developed from a from a jam. They were just hanging out, jamming uh, in Ohio, in Akron, and apparently they were originally going to do Paint It Black. <laughs> Um, they were like playing the same oh. kind of tune to do paint it black, and they were like, "Wait a minute, satisfaction fits this rhythm a little bit better." So they just kind of I want to hear that, that now. Way. That'd be really cool. Oh, I do too. Yeah, paint it black is a song I did not realize was good at all until I heard some really good covers of it. Mm. Oh no, I I've always loved my love of paint it black goes back to the television show Tour of Duty. Yeah, I uh, don't know if you guys recall that. That's what I associated it, it with, right? Wasn't that the post? Theme? It was the theme, yeah. uh, you know, post platoon, post full bundle jacket. Vietnam was real hot, a real hot item. <laughs> it's hot, damn and hot. And so they made that it's TV show. Hot. Wasn't it the theme yeah, of China exactly. Beach? Oh man, Pete, that was a wonderful tie-in. <laughs> you guys made. I realize he all he just made reference to Good Morning Vietnam, uh, right there. Anyway, um, <laughs> Tarzan couldn't take this heat. Oh, <laughs> uh, there was such a there was such a disappointing. Uh, I remember A and E or somebody did reruns of it. Yeah, uh, like in the mid late '90s or something like that, and I was really excited because I remembered liking that show a lot. And I turned it on, and they did not license uh, "Paint It Black." Oh. It was some really <laughs> random, like, "Hey, this is like a surf song kind of song that was playing." Oh, I boy. didn't even want to watch the show because "Paint It Black" was such a great lead-in for that show. And mm. huh, I can't speak to the quality of it. I remember uh, Theo from the Cosby Show uh, did a, a wonderful. Uh, guest spot on there hmm. <laughs> his <laughs> name is malcolm jamar warner no, uh, theo, you're right theo from the cosby show mm-hmm. show some respect <laughs> also malcolm of malcolm and eddie 
and he was Wesley Snipes' friend in Drop Zone, the skydiving murder mystery action film. Oh, uh, yes, uh, multi-talented. Yeah. Not to be confused with the Charlie Sheen skydiving action film, which came out around the same time, and I don't remember the name of that one. Terminal Velocity, I believe. Thank you. Very was, good. Was he not also a voice on uh, the Magic School Bus? Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. He was the yes. phone. He was the guy that answered the phone at the end of the episodes when the yeah. kids call questions. I only know this because Archer watches that show. Which, yeah, uh, it's not a bad a show. I feel yeah, like that's the thing. The Magic School and, is one of those things that I like. People seem people around me seem to know that, and like Degrassi, people seem to know a lot about, and like, <laughs> people of my era seem to know about, and I've never had any experience with either. I'm very Degrassi literate. Um, but I confess I'm not very magic bus literate. I will say one of the greatest puns anybody ever made is uh, sitting right here in this recording studio with me by the name of Pete the Retailer, uh, who used to refer to Degrassi as Degrassi Knoll. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) So bravo, Pete. Hats off to you. (laughs) Speaking of hats, I've seen exactly enough Degrassi to be able to make references to people like Joey Jeremiah, who wear that stupid hat all the time. Yes, you did. You yeah. Very big into a uh, little pork pie. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Uh, very big no, Degra- into a little pork pie. <laughs> <laughs> Degrassi was a it was a show. It was like mainly on in the 90s or that was when it first came out. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, I think late so. 80s. I think. Late 80s. Well, late 80s. But into I, the 90s, like even like 94, 95. Well, it starts as like a really little kid show called The Kids on Degrassi Street. Right. Hmm. And then it evolved into Degrassi Junior High, and then from there, Degrassi High. And then we had Degrassi, the next generation, in the millennium. I see. I was just thinking, you know, around... Yeah. I, I, I'm glad that we're talking about this, because it um, really ties into the song. Mm-hmm. Um, Joey Jeremiah was trying to get satisfaction once, and it wasn't Oh, happening. there we go. I was looking for <laughs> yeah. a way to... Oh, that's, my, that's the only line of the show that I remember verbatim. Do you want to do it? Do you want to do sex? <laughs> the girl's like, no, get out of here. I mean, my favorite thing was there was this brain damaged guy, um, and he was brain damaged because he took acid and uh, jumped off a bridge. Hmm. On Degrassi? Wow. On Degrassi. And then he would come back, but like, um, he had this weird mental disorder, which I've never seen, where he punctuated every sentence with, kick you in the head! (laughs) Wow. Wow. Really? Spike, I want to see our daughter, Emma, and I want to kick you in the head! It was wonderful. I'm going to try that. Okay. I think you'll make friends and you will influence people. I'm going to try taking acid and jumping off a bridge. Hmm. No. I I don't see anything wrong with that idea. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The, uh, no, I know, uh, well, again, we we have songs that we like. We're going off on tangents. But I know a guy who did that (laughs) because, uh, like, it's, it's totally not, like, I don't know. There was... There was a bridge, and then, like, it's a, but not a tall bridge. It was just a little, like, you know, footbridge. It was a little too far. It was, yeah. It was a bridge <laughs> too far. Um, it was a little footbridge kind of over a little kind of walking tunnel to get from one side of the beach to the other. Um, and, uh, and... The, North Shore or South Shore? North Shore. Of oh, so, course, of course. <laughs> South Shore. So you all your monocles to the beach. Uh-huh. Um, this is in East Egg. Uh, <laughs> and uh, the so the the there had been a storm, and so the tunnel had f- totally filled up with sand from the beach. So it was like you know almost to the top with sand. So if you jumped off the bridge, it was like a five foot drop into a big pile of sand. 
and it was fun. We we had been doing that for uh, you know a couple of days, and then one night we're out at a at a. It was also right near the parking lot that you know you would go to if you wanted to hang out if you were a cool kid and a teenager and whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, so this one kid happened to be on some hallucinogenic drugs and was talking mm-hmm. to some people and was just like. I'm going to go jump off that bridge now and just ran and like jumped off the bridge. And that was the day that they had cleared the sand off. Ah, so he just fell down and, and broke his heel and his, uh, Ah. and, uh, and so of course all like, everybody was like, Oh my God, you like, he was on acid and he tried to kill himself. He jumped off the bridge and it was like, (laughs) no, he was just being a goof and they just happened to clear it that day. Like (laughs) we're supposed to be sand. It's such a cliche. Like it's not like he didn't think he could fly. It was just like, we were doing it all day the other day. Like trying to have fun. Yeah. No, he was just kind of a moron and really high. Yeah. Come on. Who among us hasn't been a really high moron? (laughs) (laughs) I know I've been one. (laughs) Um, anyway, satisfaction. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's not painted black. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's a cover, as we said, of the Rolling Stone song, although the lyrics... Wait, 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 it's a cover? <laughs> oh? Uh, the lyrics are the same. The music was different enough that they had to get new approval, apparently. Warner Brothers had to go oh, to weird. the Rolling Stones and be like, hey, you sure this is cool? Um, and apparently Mick Jagger was like, oh, that's awesome, yeah. Okay. Yeah, the I uh, read an interview with I'm going to say Mark Mothersbaugh, but it might have been Cherry, mm-hmm. uh, where they talked about meeting Mick Jagger and having to play it for him, and it was a really yeah. sweet story. Yeah. Like you know, Mick Jagger just kind of danced around to it and it's like, yeah, I like it, I like it. <laughs> um, and I, I can only imagine that. what's that like, what that is like, because you know you have to figure that the Rolling Stones were basically gods to these guys, mm-hmm. right? You know, the Stones have a history of being like pretty cool and progressive as music changes. They've always had opening bands that were like the new thing, something right. interesting. Like, I, I don't know. They've just always been really cool like that. And they're, uh, you know, big. They were big into reggae, you know, when that was first coming into popularity. It was really strange. They had this uh, crazy relationship with Peter Tosh and yes, they all stayed this at stuff. his house or something. Like, there was no, no, some... he, he lived at Keith, Keith Richards had a house in Jamaica and he let Peter Tosh stay there for a period of time while uh, he was on tour. And when he came back, uh, Tosh and his entourage had uh, disappeared and the house was full of goats and machine guns. Yeah. <laughs> that was, that was the story. Like uh, he was not, Keith Richards was not happy for him for a little while. And then it was all okay again afterwards. I, w- but. I would take issue that it's been uh, with your initial statement that I think Mick Jagger is super cool with a lot of things, but Keith Richards, I've read a lot yeah. of interviews with him where it's kind of like it's blues or it's nothing. Mm. Well, you see, no, he was the one that was most the mostly into the reggae thing. That was why. Yeah. I mean, he spent all that time in Jamaica, and um, I but, believe like, he they hated they, punk rock, for example. Yeah, maybe that could be. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, that had to have been kind of a, well. It was kind of a sort of punk rock was kind of a slap in the face to people like the Stones. I mean, I think it was kind of meant to be a little bit. Right. I mean, it's kind of a reaction uh, to that. You know, it's like okay, yeah. enough of you guys. Here's something. You know, let's. Well, you know, in a lot of ways, I think punk rock goes back to the very, very early. Uh, not as bluesy, but just the attitude of the early, you know, like right. mod bands and and the mm-hmm. 
And it was like, let's get back to this instead of your big stadium tours, that kind of attitude, you know. So I imagine the Stones were a little rankled by that, or at least Keith Richards was. But, you know, different styles of music. And I think they've been pretty open to it, and they've definitely been open to having them on tour. So it's that. Well, I read that story, too, about Mick Jagger listening to this. I could totally picture him really digging this and uh, this take on their song. So Mm -hmm. uh, it's a good thing, too. I'm glad they didn't shut it down or something stupid like that because we never would have got this. Yeah. Okay, Rolling Black Stone, it is. <laughs> I mean, there would have been fans were not uh, as open to it, <laughs> at least in my experience. In college, I remember more than once playing this. Uh, oh and my no! Would storm <laughs> down the hall. What is this? What's this travesty? This slap <laughs> in the face. This awful desecration. Like, no, no, no. It's really cool. You just don't know. Yeah, my, things uh, I can say. My cousin used to be a roadie for the band Dread Zeppelin. Wow. Um, I don't know if you're all familiar, and if you oh, are. Yeah. Allow me to indulge our listeners at home. Uh, Dread Zeppelin was a early 90s reggae-styled, mostly Led Zeppelin cover band that was fronted by an Elvis impersonator. Nice. I believe we've actually discussed Dread Zeppelin on the show before. I know I brought brought them up at some point. Hmm. It might have been a weekend show. I know I know I brought them up at one point, and we talked about them for a second. But yeah. Yeah, My cousin's on the cover of one of the albums. Um, Hey. And played the Charlie Hodge role. Uh, Charlie Hodge being the guy who used to give Elvis's towels at his live show. <laughs> but because they were reggae-based, he played Charlie Hodge, H-A-J. Uh, uh, uh. There's how it goes. But uh, two of the times, I saw, both times I saw Dred Zeppelin, I heard multiple people scream in the audience, Stop ruining Led Zeppelin! <laughs> <laughs> then why are you here? Was it just a bar or something? What's going on? Well, I mean, where's my breakfast? It was one of like one of them was uh, in the Hamptons, and I think it was just sort of like, hey, there's a show tonight, let's go to it because it's the summer in the Hamptons. We don't really have a choice of what bands play. Mm. Um, The other one, as I remember, was at the Wetlands, and that was a little bit weirder that people would react that way. I think it was just sort of like, I don't want to see this. Where the Stray Cats? Who were the headlining band for that tour? Uh, well, I was going to say that th- there were, you know, we were talking about Mick Jagger having to give uh, uh, approval for Warner Brothers, but there were versions of the song already on on record, right? Like uh, Otis Redding covered it very well. well. No, no, no. I mean, um, Devo had recorded a version of it for Boogie Boy Records, correct? So there were like vinyl copies out there before the Brian Eno produced re- release. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before Warner would release it. Yeah, they wanted to get, they wanted to get it cleared. So I think that's yeah. they they played them. You know, the I don't know if they played them the forty five or if they played them the you know, um, the studio version. They probably would have just played it, played them a recording of it first before letting them go ahead and record a new version of it. Yeah, I wonder though if if Mick had for some reason to shut it down, would this be like the hottest record, the Devo yeah. uh, most wanted Devo rarity? Right. Um, the boogie boy pressing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think that's that's kind of cool to think about. I'm glad it's you know I'm glad it's out there. I'm glad we get the Saturday Night Live performance and all that stuff. But it's kind of cool to think about how this could have been like the rarest of Devo records. <laughs> right. Um, instead of one of the more common, relatively. Oh yeah, yeah. And dare I say it, one of the greatest. Hmm. You dare say it. Dare you? I, I don't. How dare I don't want to get personal. You know, I think I've mentioned this uh, on earlier episodes or or alluded to this, but uh, 
yeah, this isn't the first Devo song that I heard. Uh, you know, that would likely have been Whip It and uh, whatever incidental music was in the, uh, was it the uh, Kawasaki uh, motor scooter commercial they did? Or was Honda. it Yamaha? Honda. Honda. All right. Honda, yeah. Third time's a charm. Um, <laughs> but when I first heard this on a Dr. Demento, uh, MT- oh, and when, uh, on a Dr. Demento top 20 video countdown, uh, this was number 19, and this was like, oh my God, you can sound mm-hmm. like this? <laughs> you can be in a music. rock band and have like a bird's nest for a haircut and have glasses. <laughs> like, yeah, you you could just be like a total dork. Like, yeah. why does this guitar have no body? What what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> like, this is the greatest thing. Wait, wait, how many times can he say baby? What? what? <laughs> <laughs> um. Since you brought that up, I did see there was the AMA on Reddit that uh, that Jerry did a while back. And if I remember, it's just coming to mind, so I didn't research this again. I believe somebody asked him how many, what was the record for babies in a live performance? And I believe it was 25. Oh, oh wow. That's what he said, that Mark did 25 consecutive babies without stopping. I found that note, and it's it 32. 32, okay. <laughs> Even more impressive. Wow. Um, although when you string them together, you know, baby, 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 How did I get? What was that? <laughs> it's a lot. That wasn't like very many. Five and a half. Yeah. yeah, that was like nine. <laughs> um, three babies and a bubba. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, oh, it's Leonard Nimoy's finest hour. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, uh, also, uh, speaking of uh, Mark changing it up live, I, I, I've noticed always that uh, sometimes live he'll instead of uh and i'll have to give myself the the mechanical man noise here but i noticed that he instead of how white my shirts could be he would often say how white my shit could be what but Ooh, that's a problem that's um, a real problem for those listening at home it's like shirt without an r right mm-hmm. y'all have seen the good place Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, <laughs> the, I, I hadn't noticed that often he'll also, instead of girly action, he'll say girly suction or girl with uh, suction uh, somehow. Oh, Mark. Mm. Um, it's a form of action. It is. It really is. Um, and I had, I hadn't noticed that until I read about it and then I was listening to one of the live versions and I was like, oh yeah. He says like, girl suction. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Good impersonation. But yeah, this this was also my um, not my entree into Devo. Much like you, Joe, this is I had Devo, and I think this is you know, uh, let's see, it's probably a year or so after I went out, and you know, I think when I had said when I was sixteen, I you know heard uh, you know Whip It or something on a mixtape, and it was just like, oh yeah, wait, Devo, like, and it flashed back to you know Weird Al and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so that's when I went out and bought, I went to Titus Oaks or whatever and bought all the, the records and stuff. So I had it all, but then I don't think I like, I, I bought it and I listened to it, but I didn't go like, there was another level yet. You know what I mean? It was still just kind of like the same as some other bands that I had bought their records. Um, and I went, uh, I, it was my freshman year of college. I took a class. Um, I, I'm pretty sure it was my freshman year, but I took a class called, uh, it was a science fiction film class called Androids and Synthetic Humans. And, uh, the first class, you just walk in everybody sits down and like, without saying anything, just all of a sudden, like the, the 
you know, professor walks in, kind of signals the booth and the classroom goes dark and just on the screen is just the video for satisfaction plays and then the lights come up after it's done and he's like, all right, so what did we learn from that besides the fact that we're all Devo? <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> this is it. Like, this is to A, wow. like, I love this and B, like, I love that. Yeah, and, uh, like, <laughs> I don't know if I had seen the video for it yet, because then I, I don't think I had gotten the the videotape, you know, uh, yet. I might I probably had seen the Whippet video on MTV, but I don't think I had seen Satisfaction or anything like that yet. So I was like, whoa. Mm -hmm. um, it is totally like Aliens uh, got the sheet music to Satisfaction, and something got corrupted in the download. Right. Yeah. And yet somehow it's it's just as good, and in many it it, it is a piece of art in its own right. Yeah, mm -hmm. like there's one, one, at one point I took the I took the MIDI file for us and them by Pink Floyd and I changed mm -hmm. all the instruments to sound effects, <laughs> and so it was playing like cow noises and it was like <laughs> wow, and it was weird, but it made sense in a way, and and I so this is kind of like that except on a different scale. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, does it do it? Do we? Is there a man here who thinks that this is not better than the original? I, I mean there. It's not a better or worse. It's 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 on its own plane. Yeah, I, I totally I, I totally agree. I totally agree with Joe. On, I, I I don't want to compare them really because yeah, Do I it. think it's so far, it's so far afield. That's what's so special about it is that it's like in another category, even though it's the same song. I guess that's I what that's... I mean. Is like they 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 took a, a solid song. I'm I'm really hot and cold with the Rolling Stones. I don't I, I'm not like just gung ho about them, but but they took a solid song. And they got it like they did it. They 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 made it what it was supposed to be. That's kind of, that's the feeling I get from this and a couple other covers throughout history that they just you know, just did what they were supposed to do. Like it I, should have been this song. They got it right. I would say, and this isn't to say it's my favorite uh, song, but I think almost on an academic level, like I can't get no satisfaction. Might be the er rock and roll song. And on some and by proxy, it's sort of like Devo took it and turned it into like, I'm, you know, to basically turn it into their manifesto for their band mm -hmm. without having it sound anything like, you know, and not without without having it sound anything by like the original, except lyrically. It's just, yeah, I'm, I'm trailing on my own thoughts here, but like it is. It is incredible, but like I, I will not, I will not besmirch the Stones. No, I'm not the biggest Stones fan in the world, and I'm not the, and I'm not a Stones hater. But it is sort of, and I, you know, I hate to be a cliche and say it's apples and oranges. So I will go back to what I said originally. It's on its own plane. It, it is, it is the jumping off point. If I may, I don't know, Pete. Have you ever heard of a film called Star Wars? Mm, that was the one with the uh, Mr. Spock, right? The uh, no, that's yeah. the one with the uh, space monkey and the uh, guy from uh, Murder by Death. Butler. Similar. But anyway, like in the wait, wait, wait. I'm, it's the one I'm with the guy from the big red one and the guy from the Yeah, the right. one with the, the, the Cisco shampoo. Kid. And that I, I think of her more as the girl from Neighbors. No, wait, she's the girl from the Blues Brothers. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yes. You can prefer Empire Strikes Back. That's your right, and that you know, and it's fine. But like to me, it's sort of the original Star Wars, 
and I'm not going to call it a new hope. Jerks. It's the motion um, picture. In this please don't. Yes. The original Star Wars is sort of like everything that came after it would not exist without it, and it is just sort of like it, it is the moment. It, it is the perfect thing, and I can't. You know, if you complain that some of the uh, effects are dodgy or some of the performances are a little uh, weird, like it doesn't matter. It's Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And everything else is just sort of like I wouldn't say a pale imitation, but everything else is riffing off that. And this is and when it comes to the stones uh, vis-a-vis Devo, it's just they took a thing and made it their own um, and did it beautifully. But you needed the original thing to exist. Right. Having yeah, said that, you can say that about almost anything. Having said that, I do kind of <laughs> the a big bang. of satisfaction. You know, I I love the Stones. I'm probably I, might, I think I might be the biggest Stones fan of all of us. Um, I like kidney Stones a lot. Yeah, those are the, I've had two of those. <laughs> you don't you don't like them. <laughs> um, uh, the thing about it, the Stones is like often I think there's a weariness, like a fatigue. That comes from overplay. I mean, it's, I think that goes without saying, especially songs like Satisfaction, especially mm-hmm. that song specifically. I think that's the most overplayed Stone song. And uh, sometimes, you know, I've I've been dismissive of it as like, uh, okay, well, that's that's my grandpa's Stones or whatever. Um, and, and you hear it through the speakers at the restaurant. You're used to sitting and hearing it playing over the grocery store or whatever, where you're constantly hearing it, but you're not really listening to it. And recently though, I've been able to kind of divorce myself from like the movie soundtrack version of the song or the, you know, hearing it over the speakers in some public place and actually listen to it. And it's, it's just an iconic song, man. It really is. Those are those initial notes, you know, as that song kicks in, mm-hmm. it's a great, it's, it's a fantastic song. There's a reason why it hit so hard when it came out. And, I, I don't want to say – I think the same goes for Devo. I think that same thing happened when they came on Saturday Night Live. And for a lot of people, um, it's a small, much smaller group of people. It's just as definitive, but it's a different era. And, and you know, the apples and oranges, whatever, I think that they're two different – they're the same thing. They're completely different, and it's a complete paradox. But I don't – I personally don't think they should be compared. I think that – you know, they happen to be the same song, but they also happen to be so entirely different and mean something entirely different for different times. Uh, I mean, I don't know if we really needed to belabor the comparison as much as we have, maybe as maybe I am now. But to me, I don't think they <laughs> should you, be compared. John. Yeah, it's just. <laughs> and I will say, it says something that uh, relative to a lot of other acts, Steve, who are kind of a relative, an obscure band, but like on every. SNL, uh, you know, anniversary show I've ever seen. Whenever they do that kind of like, whenever they do the montage of great musical acts they have, right? We've had they always play Devo. They always have a clip of Devo yeah, playing yeah. Satisfaction. They yeah. How many theater. times have? <laughs> how many times have you seen Fred Willard in that damn Red Sox jacket? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's just like I'll never. I'll always like. Why is Fred Willard wearing a Red Sox jacket? Isn't he from? <laughs> not for boston is he but uh yeah it's uh, it, it is it's really iconic that that saturday night performance is i mean let's throw it out there you know people listening to the show are probably going to agree that it's the number one saturday night live performance right but yeah, I if they're willing to listen to us talk about devo yeah, they clearly <laughs> I, I would get other opinions on that like what is a more iconic saturday night live performance than devo satisfaction i i, I can't think of anything specific uh, like, Elvis Costello. Elvis Costello, yeah, that's Elvis the other Costello one that came to mind. Was, 
is one just because it was re- so rebellious, right? Like he 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 switched the flipped the script on him, right? He was supposed to play one song and and right. they told him not to play a song and and then the Beastie Boys did it again like 30 years later. They did the same thing on Late Show or something. Do you remember or was it on a Saturday Night Live anniversary special? It was special? on Saturday Night Live anniversary special. Yeah, that's right. And they did that they like redid it. Um so that obviously is very iconic if it was like uh, if they did a remake of it <laughs> at some point, you know, but uh, I can't think of anything else. Uh, Paul but, Simon singing, uh, was it still crazy after all these years in a turkey costume? Yeah, that's true. I think that yeah, was more I, of a bit than a. Yeah, than a it's still it's iconic. Yeah, oh, true. wait, obviously. Dumbasses. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. King Todd. Yeah, now all of a sudden my brain my brain is shuffling through Saturday Night Live performances and weird things are popping up. Uh, Public Enemy on the or Public Enemy on the day that Miles Davis died, I remember right. that one pretty clearly. Oh, wow. that, that was the, my, like Michael Jackson was the Michael Jordan was the host of that. Wow. Yeah, David think, Bowie with Klaus Nami. Klaus Nomi, excuse me. David David Bowie with Tin Machine. I remember that one. Um, less, less iconic. <laughs> less iconic, but I really dug, I kind of dug Tin Machine, and that was an era. Oh, where I was like, oh, David Bowie. Like, I wasn't fully aware yet of David Bowie. So when I saw him there, I was like, oh, okay, this is that guy I've heard on the radio, but I've never, you know, I just hadn't seen him all that much at that point. Anyway, mm-hmm. we could probably go down a hole. Of, uh, Desi Arnaz playing Cuban Pete. It's pretty sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I like Debbie Harry introducing as the second musical act uh, the Funky Four Plus One. Mm. That was fun, and it was, I think that was like the first oh. actual rap act that that Ever all us white TV. kids saw. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Fear on the Donald yes. Pleasance episode. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh wow! I said they was... never play Fear during the <laughs> the, the thing. So it's not iconic. You know? I'll, I will who, say who Charles Barkley introducing Nirvana. Oh. <laughs> <It was laughs> That's <weird>. true. <laughs> Um. Oh wait, wasn't he the? Oh no, George Foreman was the was the, the <laughs> guest for Hole. So George Foreman yes. introducing. Uh, <laughs> did they have him do it, or did they have somebody else do it? I, I mean, uh, John anyway. Mulaney has gotten a lot of mileage on his recent bit of uh, Patrick Stewart announcing Salt and Pepper. <laughs> nice. What about the? Was that. it? I remember that really well. Was his Pepper? Which Forbes was on the same episode with Rage Against the Machine? Steve. What's his first name? He ran for president, and I can't even remember his name. I think that is Steve. The, Forbes. Steve Forbes, and he he uh, was the host on the episode with Rage Gets the Machine, which <laughs> is strange. Oh I think they trashed his. Uh, I think they did something to his dressing room or something. Oh, yeah. So anyway, anyway, so that's they did what they told him. We remember <laughs> they would not do that. No. <laughs> um. Yeah. So this song, um, <laughs> it's it's up there. It's a, it's a, it's, it's in its original form and it's a, you know, it's it's rare that covering a a well-known, such an iconic, well-known song does, uh, you know, is successful, but uh, this is it. Now, have any of you, uh, gentlemen done the research to find out, has there ever been a, uh, professional Devo tour where they have not played Satisfaction? Apparently, well, I don't know if that was, let's see, um... I was reading what, uh, like when it was played, because they, like they usually include that in the uh, you know the fan wiki thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like oh played live, and it had you know uh, date breakdowns. But I think that might just be like when Devo played. <laughs> yeah, so it I would performed nineteen seventy six to nineteen eighty. 
1982 once. So maybe that, like, mm. what would that be? Like, New Traditionalist Tour? Maybe they didn't play it? That sounds unlikely. Yeah, I don't know. And then uh, 88 to 2014 <laughs> played consistently. Um, Which also suggests that they didn't play it for the uh, Oh No, It's Steve-O Tour. Oh, maybe that, yeah. Huh. Well, uh, I don't know. I don't have that information in front of me. <laughs> well. <laughs> but, um, okay, listen. Smart Patrol devotees, <laughs> do your research and find out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can imagine them kind of wanting to get past it, especially if they're doing, like, yeah, like on the Oh No tour, they probably, it probably wouldn't fit with the, like, the sync track and all that. <laughs> I mean, I could see that. Yeah, that would be weird. Hmm. Hmm. I wonder if that 1982 once was 3 Devo, or was that a different year? Was that? I mean, that would have been around the time. I don't know specifically if uh, Oh No uh, 3 Devo was 82 or not. I always think of Oh No It's Devo as 83, yep. not because it's necessarily accurate, but because that's when I was in third grade and that's when Square Pegs was on. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, and, was... they re- and they were performed uh, That's Good on ha- Square Pegs. Halloween 82. Stay tuned, fans. Halloween 82, it is. So it was 82, but I don't see... I don't think it's on there. No, they did not play Satisfaction on 3 Devo. So there's there's <laughs> national TV appearance... But no, um, no, no, no satisfaction. So maybe they were kind of so, cool, cooled on that for a while. So none of the people that went to the shows got satisfaction. That's no. sad. Poor guys. No, no, no. They, they couldn't get no. They did not have a satisfied mind. Wait a minute, I'm jumping ahead. Joe. <laughs> Hey, so we haven't uh, talked at all about the lyrics. Do we need to? <laughs> Everybody knows the lyrics. Everybody, yeah. Maybe five or six times. Same, same cigarettes as me and uh, losing streak. There we go. There's the lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of satisfaction, the most satisfying part of the whole song maybe might be in the video <laughs> where when he says that line, same cigarettes as me. And spits out the like two packs of cigarettes. He spits he them out, but then out. you're watching him on the TV that the kids are making out in front of. And when he he slaps his hand to his face, and as he slaps his hand to his face, they cut to him like you know, quote unquote, live, like in you know, in color. I just love that cut so much. Is that just that? It's perfect. It's perfectly timed, and it's uh, go look it up. It's beautiful. Hmm. That's your homework, kids. I'm yeah. I'm looking through some set lists from 1981, and satisfaction not played at all at any of these shows. Um, Weird. It's a, it seems like a fairly set. Set list like open with the Nutra theme, then going through you know some stuff, ending with Devo corporate anthem. Um, no, uh, no satisfaction on any of these. So there you go. <laughs> <clears throat> I can't get no satisfaction. <laughs> <laughs> the hand to the face is at minute uh, one thirty-seven. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, one minute and thirty-seven seconds or thirty-five, maybe. Go look it up. Look it up. Mm-hmm. It's real satisfying. Made me happy oh. for years. All right. So, does anybody here not give the song an A plus? No. I don't not give it an A plus. I undon't anti ungive it an A plus. 
Mm-hmm. I didn't track that. I didn't follow that. A plus. Yeah, I mean, this is what they're like. I know we've said this before a couple times, but I feel like this is what they're all about. Like, if if you yeah. were to, if there was a, if kind you of head don't to like head, this, you don't like Devo. Really. Yeah, basically, like if if there was a kind of a you know bracketology head to head thing for like the most Devo song of Devo. Like if you were somebody who's like, what's Devo about? Give me three minutes. You know, you got three minutes to tell me everything this Devo is about. <laughs> I, might, I might do this. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um. I agree with you, auto as far as the, the audio, like lyrically, obviously not. I mean, you're not getting right, any right. of the Devo uh, manifesto in there, but no. um, but like so, taking although that, you, know, you know, I would say having listened to a lot of the early hardcore tracks that deal a lot with sexual frustration, right? It, it, you at this phase of the Devo game, you kind of are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sexual frustrated, sexually frustrated Devo is not what I would want to present to anyone. <laughs> yes, this <laughs> well, is Devo. Right. Fair point, John. But uh... <laughs> I, I like I like the uh, the the more social commentary related, the satirical. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. that, that's but that's the that... Devo. That's the the. But again, Devo covering the most iconic rock and roll song in the world. And make and you know forgive the technical terminology here, but making it crazy. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you watch the video, you're getting a lot of Devo, like pure Devo, like you know Boogie Boy sticking a fork in a toaster, right? And, right. You know, oh, Spaz so, Attack freaking out and everything, and maybe you know, car without a body. The video. Yeah, Craig Allen Rothwell. Yeah. It, it's a. Uh... This would um, definitely be in my top three songs. Yeah. I would if somebody said, "Give me three songs." This would be one of them. If it was one, it would be a different song. If it was That's like, yeah, you got ten minutes. Explain Diva to me. You got ten minutes. Then, then this would be in your like, set list. Yeah, that's the runtime of three songs. Right. Yes. All right. There you go. Yep. Well, uh, good. So A plus is all around. Um, good morning, do baby doll and yeah. cover. Don't be cruel. Because <laughs> then it's like, well, if you like that, then you're good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, ran this through the Spotifyer. Oh, did can't you? Can't get no satisfaction. Uh, and uh, the next song up is uh, is our old, the old standby. Uh, I'm so green by Can. Uh, mm. yep. Then uh, Born Under Punches by Talking Heads. Uh, the Crazies with Two Boy Army. Uh, Minutemen, D's Car Jam, and Anxious Mofo by Minutemen. Has Two Boy Army been on before? I don't remember. I don't want to finish my sentence. <laughs> well, good job. <laughs> I like that. I like yeah. that Minutemen because that, that's the opening tracks to Double Nickels on a Dime, and they are it, rhythmically similar. Yeah, that that song is rhythmically similar to Satisfaction. That's cool. Yeah. And Angel good job by the Rolling Stones. And then Hothead by Captain Beefheart. That's also got a kind of like that, like like that shuffling kind of beat. Mm. Have you guys heard that there's like a Captain Beefheart themed brewery out there that has all their beers are named after Captain Beefheart songs? No, that's Where awesome. is this magical place? This up. I don't know. It's I think you can buy the beer at your local, mm. you know, if you have a like at a pretty good liquor store that has a lot of uh, a good beer selection. Can you I've been least... seeing these posted that they have like a little advice on which record to listen to on the side of them and all this like it's real hipstery to be honest, but um it's kind of fun that Captain Beefheart is now. Says that the four important. men who are doing a Devo podcast. Right, right. <laughs> Can just, you at least? We're not, we're not brewing Devo themed beer. <laughs> Come on, would we? A, if we a step further, if we had the equipment, wouldn't we? Uh, I don't know. I think I would just make good beer <laughs> and leave Devo out of it. <laughs> uh, 
two questions. Pilsner now for the future. Yeah, so I was going to say, like, <laughs> Mr. Beer's Ballroom. And then um, <laughs> do they well, did they fight the opportunity? Did they fight the urge to call it uh, um, Captain Beer Horge? Yes, uh, they're named after specific songs or albums. I can't remember which. Okay. But nothing. At no point do they say Captain Beerheart. No. Okay, mm. good. I, I want them to not do that. Then I'm. I'm I mean, off. That I know. They haven't met a joke because they just call their IPA IPA. You know, and the kind of it's a reference to SIB, but not quite. It, it's mm. you know, we could do brilliant things. Yeah, we'll workshop it. Um, so they got my a, workshop. A is, called... I came up with great ideas. <laughs> they have a beer called Safe as Milk. Hmm. Is it's that crafty, like, a, like double, a milk stout? Not so, or it's not so safe as milk. What is going on here? It's a Crafty Devil Brewing Company. Brewing Company. So there's some free advertisement for you guys. Send us beer, mm-hmm. <laughs> please do. Um, or milk. I don't know. I would have to dig deeper, and we don't really need to do that. Right. Huh? Oh, fair enough. Um, Captain Beefheart. There we go. We, we got a bunch of songs that we Spotify did. reminded us of that. That reminded Spotify of satisfaction. And made us A pluses all around. Um, song changed my life. Song changed all our lives. And uh, it's a great track. Hmm. So uh, what we got on the uh, on the warming tray, Pete? <laughs> yeah, it kind of it kind of fell off on there a little yeah. bit. I, I, How's I your apologize. chafing dish yeah. doing today? Uh, you know, casserole again. Bit. Your warming burner. Um, a worm burner. Oven. Um, the uh, well, so of course, once after you can't get no satisfaction, then the next step is the satisfied mind. If you, you know, can't get satisfaction, do, how are you going to? Oh, well, then you do you get do. satisfaction. Then you're, you're a satisfied mind. So, well, now it can be told. Yeah, well, hope. We'll, uh, we'll see what's up with that uh, back here on Thursday. In the meantime, if you want to hear us uh, prattle on about more of those songs that might not be the best example to show somebody Devo if you had 10 minutes of their time. Um, Bamboo Bimbo! If you're giving them the elevator pitch on Devo, you might not want to do all these songs. But if you're a hardcore Devo fan, and specifically a I hardcore am. Devo fan... Um, you might want to check out our weekend mutation. That's every other week we do four songs from Devo that were not released on albums. They're on soundtracks and compilations and B-sides and all kinds of fun stuff like that. Oh, demo tracks. We are cooking with gas, people. Uh, but uh, check that out on Patreon. Patreon.com slash ABCDevo. Um, and uh, then if you want to check that out, do that. If not, that's cool too I mean we'll think less of you a little bit but uh, be sure to come back here and meet us back here on Thursday for a brand new episode of ABC Bye